Hey, you're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in and around the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles throughout the week. And then we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply again. This is episode 15, and this episode is about what Paul Tripp calls entry gates. This is a great concept for anyone who is in relationship, making and multiplying disciples, whether those relationships are in gospel community with those who are already Christians, what we oftentimes think of as discipleship, or relationships with people who are presently far from God, people who are not yet Christians. And we often think about those as evangelistic relationships, but really all of our relationships, whether people are near to God or far from God, whether they are already Christians or not yet Christians, all of our relationships are evangelistic in that the gospel, the evangel, the good news of Jesus Christ, his life and death and resurrection is the only hope that we have to hold out for anyone. So entry gates is uh, a concept that I want to share with you because when you think in this category, it, it helps you identify the real issues, the opportunities to engage in deeper relationship, transformational relationship with other other people, uh, to move from what Paul Tripp says is a, just simply a, a casual surface relationship into a a personal transformational relationship. We've talked about this before on the podcast. We believe that uh, re- relationships are redemptive. Transformation is always relational. It's always in relationship to Jesus Christ that God transforms people. There is no salvation. There's no redemption. There's no transformation. There's no sanctification. There's no wisdom. There is nothing apart from Jesus Christ. It is only in relationship to him, in covenant union with Jesus, that we receive all of the blessings and benefits that Christ is, and everything that's his is ours. All of his righteousness, all of his sanctification, all of his wisdom, all of that is ours in Jesus. So, Transformation is relational. It, it always involves true thoughts and, and new thoughts and new desires and new behavior, but it's so much more than thinking or behaving. It is fundamentally relational. And not only is transformation in union with Jesus, but what we see in Scripture is that the normal way God brings people into union with Jesus is through other human relationships. Uh, we see this in a couple places in, in the book of Acts. I'll point to Acts 10, where Cornelius, a Gentile centurion, a Roman soldier, he sees clearly in a vision an angel of God, which is a, an incredible thing. What would you expect the angel to say to him? What's so fascinating to me is that the angel says to, to Cornelius, send to Joppa for Simon, who's called Peter. So an angel from heaven appears to him, and says, go get this human, he'll tell you the good news. Um, We see a similar thing in Acts 9, when Saul, who becomes the Apostle Paul, is on his way to Damascus to persecute the church, and he's blinded by a light from heaven, and he hears an audible voice, audibly hears the voice of Jesus. What did Jesus tell him to do? Go wait in Damascus. And while he's waiting in Damascus, Jesus sends a disciple named Ananias to Saul, and he prays for Saul, his eyes are opened, He's baptized, and God uses 
these ordinary human beings. So even where there is an audible voice from heaven or a vision of an angel, the word is, go talk to this person. And, and God uses people in these redemptive, transformational ways. So entry gates, Paul Tripp talks about this in his book, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. Um, entry gates are opportunities to move relationships, again, from, from casual to transformational. Entry gates, Tripp says, are not the problem itself. Uh, when we talk about three circles, this is a... a overlapping concept. In three circles, one of the ways that we encourage people to look for opportunities to move into a gospel conversation is by listening carefully for any time somebody's talking about a problem, an issue, or a concern. Trip is helpful because he says um, the entry gate is not actually the problem itself, or if we're talking in three circles language, it's, it's not the problem, issue, or concern itself. Uh, the problem is the surface, the situation, the circumstances, the objective problem, issue, or concern. Um, on the surface level, it, it's the facts that a, a newspaper reporter or a detective could observe who, what, when, where, why, how. That's the objective problem issue, situation, circumstance on the surface. But the entry gate is below the surface. It's it's located in the human heart. The entry gate is, Paul Tripp says, a particular person's experience of the situation, problem, or relationship. So you have the objective problem on the surface, the who, what, where, when, why, how stuff. The entry gate is the subjective experience. What is the person in the middle of the problem, in the middle of the situation? What is that person experiencing? How are they experiencing this situation? So the way you identify an entry gate in relationship with other people is not by asking what are the problems in this person's life, but by asking, Tripp says, uh, ask the question, what is this person struggling with in the midst of the situation? What is this person struggling with in the midst of the situation? So we, we encourage those who are in community making multiplying disciples, ask a lot of questions. Proverbs 18, 13 says it, it is a, a folly and a shame to give a response before you understand. So we want to understand the situation. We want to ask the who, what, where, when, why, how questions, clarify the situation. But what we're listening for and this is the point that I made in episode 14 last week, what we're listening for is the heart issue. What is the person struggling with in the midst of the situation? Another way to think about it is, where is the fight of faith taking place in this person's heart? That's um, where the battle lines are drawn. That, that's where the war is waging. What is this person struggling to believe about God in the middle of this situation? Uh, where Where is the fight of faith happening? Where is unbelief manifesting? So the problem, the objective problem is part of it. We want to understand those those details, but what we're listening for and looking for is the, the underlying heart experience in the middle of that. And so this creates a, um, a distinction between being problem-focused versus being person-focused. When we're problem-focused, uh, then in huddle conversations or just everyday gospel conversations, um, it, it turns into advice-giving sessions focused on fixing the problem, fixing the problem husband or the problem wife or fixing the, the financial problem or fixing the problem child or the problem colleague or neighbor or maybe the, the dog or whatever the problem is. Uh, and it's it just turns into everybody giving their, um, you know, kind of pooling our collective ignorance to give our, our best advice about money or or 
child behavior or whatever. Um, but a, a biblical redemptive paradigm leads us to recognize that God changes human hearts. That's what God is up to. He, he's, he is transforming and sanctifying his people through the situations and the circumstances that he providentially permits. And so we want to get to the root. What are you thinking and what are you feeling and what are you believing in the midst of your circumstances? So our primary focus is not just fixing the problem, but addressing uh, the heart beliefs and the heart attitudes so that that person can encounter the living God, uh, the grace of God, the presence of God, the, the power of God in the midst of their circumstance. Situation may or may not change, but everything that's true about God is available to them in the midst of that situation. So think about uh, the series that we preached through Genesis and Joseph's life. Think about all of the the circumstances Joseph endured and Jacob endured and the brothers endured, that entire family, all of the brokenness that was involved. And through it all, God was at work so that Joseph can say at the very end in Genesis 50 verse 20, you meant this for evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about this, this deliverance. So when you're problem focused, uh, that, that, keeps us oriented toward the past. When when our counsel and our conversations are problem-focused, typically we end up communicating something like, well, here's where you went wrong in the past. Here's what you should have done, or here's what you should do next time. And, and that there may be truth in that, and it may really help the next time, but it really misses the person who is suffering right now because of whatever went wrong. Uh, when we're person-focused, then we are redemptively oriented toward the future. The concept of redemption in the Old Testament had to do with um, if somebody was in extreme poverty, they could sell their land, they could sell um, their own labor, they could sell themselves as, as a slave to work for someone in the meantime to get out of that. And redemption has to do with buying back that land or that that person. And so redemption is restoring someone to renewed freedom. And Ephesians 1 says that in Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So Jesus' blood redeems us from um, this you know, the rock bottom and all of our sin and our guilt and restores us into new life. So Paul goes on in Ephesians 1, 8, um, God has lavished upon us the, the riches of his grace in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. So we're redeemed out of sin and death into newness of life for the sake of moving forward, walking in faith and obedience to God. And so that redemptive orientation always has us looking toward the future with hope that um, whatever has gone wrong, whatever mistakes, whatever sin, whatever problems we're in the midst of now, God is a redeeming God. And so he always has the last word. The blood of Jesus has the last word, not our, our, our sin, if we will repent and trust in Christ. And so um, when you recognize the entry gate, you, you do that by listening 
just like we talked about in episode 14, listening for the heart, listen for emotional language, listen for interpretive language. How is this person feeling? What are they experiencing in the midst of the situation? And how are they interpreting their situation? Now, I'm always listening in three categories. Uh, how does this person feel and how do they understand or interpret their circumstances, um, their self, and God? circumstances, self, and God, and, and how is this person feeling about and interpreting those those three areas? That's how we identify the entry gate. And then when you see that, that's, that's your opportunity to enter into this transformational relationship, to lean into that. And, and Paul Tripp encourages believers to communicate a few things. Communicate that you hear the other person and their struggle, what they're going through, um, that you hear and understand the pain and the difficulty, um, and then communicate with the hope of the gospel that God himself is present and that God himself understands and that there's hope. And two passages that I love to point people to to give hope right off the bat uh, frequently turn to these. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. What a comforting promise that God is faithful and will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. He always provides a way of escape. So whatever your situation is, whatever your circumstances are, you can be confident that it will never be so great that sinning is your only option. God will make a way for you to endure that without sinning because he himself is faithful. Another promise I often point to is Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This assures us that Jesus Christ, our great high priest, sympathizes with our weaknesses because he was made like us in every respect in his humanity he knows what it's like to be uh to have a, a full human nature weakness uh, hunger thirst to suffer abuse and rejection and all of that he has endured that and he's able to sympathize with us and the implication then the author of hebrews points to is let us then draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. God's grace is his giving of his very self to us and uh, all of his power and all of his presence to transform us. And so that's the hope that we want to hold out to one another as we identify um, on the surface what's the problem or the issue, but underneath that, what is this person experiencing in the midst of that problem? That's where we enter into uh, bringing the gospel to bear in all of its power on one another's lives for the glory of God and for our joy. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, please email me at ryan at emmausroadsf.com. And if you're not currently part of a huddle or MC, let me know and I would love to help you get connected. If you're interested in more, you can find this content in our Discipleship Huddle Guide, which is based on the DNA Guide by Saturate Resources. The music on this episode is called Everywhere by Lee Rosevere, and it's used under a Creative Commons license.